Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. This is episode 111, and I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and I'm joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is one Mr. Robert, quote, Bob, unquote, Lucius. Hey, Bob. Hey, soul sister. <laughs> that's it. That's it. There's no more. No, no. I mean, I, I could talk about my, my untrimmed chest if that makes you feel better, or anything like that. But no, no. Or Mister, Mister, playing on the radio. Okay, I'm feeling awkward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, what soul sister you gotta enlighten me here hey soul sister come on you know that song yeah i i, I guess i've heard it but yeah. what's the connection hey soul sister well because we're going to be covering today captain america black panther flags of our fathers and uh it's actually going to be a two-part two-part podcast series uh, because it's four issues, and we want to do um, we want to do old school. We're going to go through it panel by panel. So we're going to do issues one and two today. But Bob, issue one of the series had a cover date of June 2010, but actually released on April 7th of 2010. And do you know what the number one song was? April 7th of 2010. Was it Soul Sister? No, it wasn't. Oh. But it, it was it was Rude Boy by Rihanna. And quite frankly, I didn't want to say the lyrics. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I'm familiar with that song by Rihanna. I know Umbrella, Ella, Ella. Yeah, yeah Rude one, Boy. Right? Yeah. Shut up and drive, but I don't know Rude Boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it. <laughs> All right. Here are the here are the opening. Here I could have started with this, Bob. It's uh, soul sister. Hey, soul sister was actually number three. And I thought, okay. I thought it was a good greeting. Hey, soul sister. Right. right. Yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, or I could have done the lyrics to rude boy by Rihanna, which was the number one song at the time. You ready for that? Okay. Oh, here you go. Here you go. Bob. All right. Come here. Rude boy. Can you get it up? Come here. Rude boy. Is you big enough? Wow. Yeah. 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 Yeah, wow. I could have gone. I could have gone that route, but I was like, no, nah, I don't think I would. Yeah, that's probably a good call. Probably a good yeah. call. Wow, I, 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 I haven't heard that song before. <laughs> now, you, I think it's on I my think, playlist. I know, I know, right? What's going to happen is somehow awkwardly, Google's yeah. going to get this <laughs> search for "Hey Rude Boy" by Rihanna. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, today. Yeah. Uh, at least, at least four people are gonna look it up. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be getting even more hymns ads on Facebook. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how you been, man? How How you doing? Doing okay, man. Doing okay. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know you've been a little under the weather. I have. Um, I have. And uh, you know what, though, Rick? I'm gonna tell you a secret. What's that? But see, I I was gonna post this in the Facebook group, but I can't uh -huh. now because my wife might have seen it. Uh oh. So, uh, you know, I went to the doctor yesterday and it turns out I had bronchitis for the last few weeks. So well, that put, explains your squeaky voice. Yeah. So he put me on a bunch of meds and I had to go fill the prescriptions at the local Walgreens. So I'm waiting because you always got to wait at Walgreens. I'm browsing around. And I, I remember back, I, I guess I had to been around 10, 11. I had chicken pox. 
mm-hmm. back and this was back in the late well late 70s right you know, mm-hmm. like mid mid 70s you know 77 around there and do you, you you probably don't remember but they had these evil Knievel uh uh cycles yeah they had a little base you spun the you spun yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the snake yeah, yeah. and it would jump thing. right yeah so I wanted one of those desperately because my uh-huh. friend had, uh, um, had one. And so I was home and my mom got me that when I uh-huh. was homesick for a few days with the chicken pox. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, you know, I just, I had a warm fuzzy, like, oh, I remember when you were sick and sometimes you got like a special gift because you were sick for a few days. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm getting myself a damn gift. So I'm walking around, <laughs> I'm walking around Walgreens and they had- did you go to the of, toy aisle? I, I did. I did. Of course. I always do. I always go there first, you know? So they had the Hasbro Legends uh, Baron Zemo. Oh, so, very nice. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm getting that for myself. Hmm. I haven't snuck it in the house yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I was like, I'm getting myself a self-soother. Nice. A little yeah. self-medication. Yeah, a little self-medication. So Yeah. Well, you're, yeah. you totally have to pa- post that in the Facebook group. Yeah. I want to see it. I, I want to see I, it. I got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. So Yeah. Are you on any medication? I, I am, Rick. I'm, you know, I got some antibiotics, got a little, uh, a little steroids. I'm not feeling any buffer. It's weird. Uh, and a little bit of the cough syrup with the codeine. So, what? yeah. So if I doze off during this, you know, uh-huh. more than usual. Right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, just bear with me. Okay. Well, we appreciate you. are such a trooper. <laughs> you're such a trooper. We appreciate you uh, coming on the show, even though you're not feeling a hundred percent. Yeah. So, Speaking of the Facebook group, you know, and, and please do post that because I want to see a picture of it. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I know the last time I was on here and I was like, you know what? Uh, when we did that, that Spider-Man issue and like nobody commented on that, right? Not, which I was baffled because I kind of swore I was going to get cursed out for the the Bob Lucia song. But the, the, the very next one, we have like, you know, a ton of comments, a ton of comments on there. And that was uh, episode 108. Yeah. When we had Dr. Mark White on the show and um, spawned a lot of conversation, you know, about philosophical questions of surrounding cap. Yeah. But my, but my favorite one was uh, we had um, Jason Olson Mm -hmm. commented. Yeah. And he's like, and now Jason Olson, um, you know, he's been a guest on the show and he, he's a writer of the, the, the Mark Grunewald book and, you know, great guy. Um, and had him certainly, you know, he's part of the Facebook group as well. And he, he posted, he goes, just so you know, Rick and Bob, when the question came up about multi-time guests, I started screaming my name into my phone, hoping somehow you could hear me. <laughs> No, you know, it's hard, you know, it's hard. You know, we got so many of these episodes now and so many people, they all, after a while, you start to like. Don't say it. No, don't, don't you dare say it. Every <laughs> one of them is special. Every one of them is special and every one of them is memorable. And uh, every one of them, we appreciate our guests a hundred percent. That's exactly what I was going to say. Really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Listen, Jason did say. There is no podcast I'd rather be a multi-time guest on. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, and Jason, it's like SNL, right? What do they? They have like uh, Double Trouble, Triple Threat. Yeah. So know? he's like the Steve Martin. Yeah. Of, of right? SNL. Right? Yeah. Of our podcast. Yeah, you know, there's multi uh, multi season hosts. Yeah, we got. Yeah. 
No, we'll we'll totally have Jason back on again. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, we'll have to have you know we'll just we'll have to time it with um another Mark Grunewald uh, issue that we want yeah. to have something special. Um, but anyway, yeah. If so, it was fun. So for for those of the listeners out there, you've probably heard us ramble on about the Facebook group a million times. Uh, but check it out. It's a great place to kind of share your thoughts and and uh, reminisce and go down, uh, take a trip down memory lane, which is always fun to do. Yeah, and there's great conversation. In fact, I am getting ready, Rick, to uh, drop a post uh, probably in the next day. Something's been on my mind. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you know, it, that's what I love about the group because it's a place where like, man, I've been thinking about this. I've been wrestling with it. And I want to put it out there because uh, there are some folks in that group that got a depth of knowledge uh, that is, I mean, impressive as hell. And mm-hmm. I always get like great, you know, great feedback, great comments, great suggestions, ways that make me think about things in ways I hadn't thought about them before. And so it helps me figure out some of this stuff. Well, it's going to be, you know, by the time people listen to this, whatever mm-hmm. post that you're going to put tomorrow is going to be up there. Uh, so just, just tell me what is All right. Well, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, I've been wrestling with this, this idea of moral injury, right? I've been thinking about like the times in Steve Rogers' career as Captain America, where he has felt disappointed. He, you know, he's acknowledged that he's been disappointed in either his country or the military or the government, right? And of course, he's always like, he holds true to the American dream, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure there's been times where he's been disappointed by maybe the American people, right? But Mm -hmm. I want to know, like, those are those things are easy to um, to to pick out, right? There have been a number of times, uh, and sometimes the whole story arcs have turned on on those moments, those experiences for Steve. But I want to hear about the times where he has been surprised in a good way, where he has been his his faith has been redeemed, mm. right? Where mm-hmm. he has been like rewarded for his faithfulness in in the American people, in the American dream. I mean, uh, we don't talk about those as much, but, uh, um, you know, they're out there, right? They're in the stories. And sure. I want to hear what people, what people say are those moments for them. Okay. I like that. I, I hope we get uh, a lot of responses. We usually do. We usually get some good, some good examples and some good responses from, from people in the group. So cool. I like that. Oh, Bob. Um, also, by the time this comes out, uh, people probably most likely have seen the the new Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie. Right. Uh, I I have my tickets. Do you really? Uh, I do. We're going opening night minus one. So you know, normally it comes out. It comes out November eleventh, Friday, right. November eleventh. Yeah. Uh, we we are going Thursday night. So wow. my wife and I are taking our daughter. Nice. Yeah. We, Good you know, you. I, I like doing that because I hate getting spoilers. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I try to go early. So that way nothing, cause I'm on the internet all the time with the Facebook group and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and other things. Yeah. So, uh, Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Um, and so speaking of black Panther, um, we thought it'd be fun to, to do this story today, which is supposedly, and I say that because supposedly it's the first time Captain America and meets Black Panther. Now, you may say, wait a minute, Rick and Bob. Didn't we just cover in episode 105 
Sergeant Fury and Halley Commanders number 13, which came out in 1964, which is Cap meets Nick Fury. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we did. Yeah, mm -hmm. that happened in France. And that was supposed to be the first time that happened. But apparently when this story came out in 2010, it was the first time Cap met a different Black Panther. It's to T'Challa's mm -hmm. grandfather, right? So mm -hmm. um, I guess we're splitting hairs. I guess we can say, okay, sure, this is the first time Cap meeting Black Panther and first time in Wakanda. Um, I, quite frankly, I can't remember because it was six episodes ago. Um, if if Cap remembered being in Wakanda or if he was acting as if it was the first time he did it. Um, but it, I don't know. It's interesting that Marvel decided to do this, you know, um, gosh, here it is 46 years later, mm -hmm. uh, a new story saying it's the first time they met. Yeah. I got to wonder what the genesis was. Do you know what the genesis was behind this? About why the story was created? Yeah, why they why they did this particular story. I, I don't know, but I would say it probably has something to do with um, Reginald Hudlin, the mm -hmm. writer. Right. Um, now, Reginald Hudlin, and we, we, we were going to get into this when we talk about the creators, yeah. but, um, you know, he he's a pretty famous guy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he has been in in the TV and film industry um, for quite, quite some time. Um, in fact, in 2005 to 2008, he was the president of BET, which is black entertainment television. Um, he had also either produced or directed or written many different films and TV shows Um you know, I, I think in the early 90s, you, you might remember House Party or or Boomerang, which I think was the Eddie Murphy movie. Um, you know, he was the the director uh, and, 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 well, and for House Party, he was a writer. Um, and then he's been s several other movies um, and, and TV shows along the way. So he's he's got that background, but he's also been a comic book writer. Uh, for for quite some time too, so he was doing, um, he did, you know, all of Volume Four of Black Panther. Uh, I think he did some other Black Panthers as well, and so that took place. I think this miniseries took place right in the smack middle of his mm -hmm. ongoing Black Panther series. Um, so I think perhaps maybe he felt like he had this story in him and and approached Marvel and said he wanted. To to do it i don't know i don't oh, know i'm merely guessing yeah 100 guessing it but yeah yeah that's also i i think he's credited along with john Romita jr as the creator of shuri right is he i, I believe don't know he is yeah yeah which is fortuitous with with the movie coming out of course and uh, yeah so all right yeah and so um so let's get into the creators right so yeah. uh reginald hudlin again uh pretty pretty famous writer and then the the penciler on this is uh dennis cohen now dennis cohen had been in the industry for quite some time as well um leading up to here he started with marvel i think it was around 1980 um and he had he had done a bunch of like 
one issue here, two issues there, three issues there. Um, then in in the early eighties, he he did uh, a nice run of Power Man and Iron Fist. Um, then in the m- mid to late eighties, he did a real long run, real long run, uh, like three years almost of the question. Um, but then he he um, he did you know some other runs. Um, he did Deathlock for a while. Um, he did Hardware which was at DC comics milestone. Um, uh, I guess world, you know, that was uh, a lot of black characters and, and creators. In fact, I I'm, I'm looking at this and I, I would say most of the characters that he did that he spent a lot of time on, like power man, iron fist and, um, death lock and hardware. Um, the ones that he had these longer runs on and, and, uh, were black characters. Um, he even did some smaller stuff like with black racer or black lightning. Um, so I don't know if that was done on purpose, if that was like something that he looked for or, if, or, if, you know, they felt more comfortable having a black creator on a black character. I don't know. Um, but, I, but it just, it does stand out. Um, but he's a, He's a, he's an interesting penciler. He's, he's more sketchy. Um, I would say than, than a, uh, a refined, you know, pencil. Um, and then, so an interesting inker to partner with him on this was, uh, Klaus Johnson, or I don't know if it's Jansen or Johnson. I've heard it pronounced two different ways, but, um, and he's the long time inker, uh, on Frank Miller, you know, for his daredevil series. But, um, Cap fans probably recognize he was the anchor on John Romander Jr. Uh, during volume seven. Uh, so it's an interesting art style uh, for this. Uh, the colorist um, is Pete Pant, uh, was it Pant, Pantasis? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, letterer Joe Sabino. And then editor uh, is Axel Alonzo. So that is the list of creators for this, uh, as I mentioned before, um, cover date of June, 2010, but it had a release date of April 7th. Do you want to hear the solicitation for it, Bob? Hell yeah, I do, Rick. All right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the first time ever, see the full story of the first meeting of Captain America and the Black Panther. It's a World War II adventure featuring a young Steve Rogers, the Black Panther, and Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos in combat with the nastiest Nazi villains in the Marvel Universe. 
And on the cover here, Bob, um, now this is Marvel Knights. Do you want to remind the listeners what the Marvel Knights publication? No, I sure don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, honestly, right. this, because, it's outside, because outside your wheelhouse, right? It really is outside my wheelhouse. And yeah. I know we've talked about this before and you've, you, I thought you were paying attention. Yeah, I was, but I didn't memorize it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can barely remember what I had for lunch. Uh, uh-huh. What the hell did I have for lunch? Oh, frozen burritos. Uh, yeah, I'm saving up uh, points to get my my free Reds burrito T-shirt. So, my God, pretty excited. I'm up to 36 points already. Just a few more to go. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So, in any case, <laughs> yeah. Can Marvel I have some Knights of that are... codeine, please? <laughs> okay, Marvel Knights. Um, Marvel Knights was an imprint in the uh, in the 90s that was a more mature rating if you will oh that must be why i like it it's the mature yeah, yeah yeah uh joe casada bill jemis uh i think these were the guys that kind of came up with uh with this imprint um but anyway yeah that that's what this is it's a more mature story and, and we'll see because quite frankly war is hell and yeah. uh, they certainly do depict that in in this series. So, and I think Buck- last time last time you said, uh, see, I did recall this. You said that it, it these books the, that this imprint um, wasn't shy about showing blood, uh, yes. for instance, right? Right. Uh, in some cases, in some cases, gratuitously in the art. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it's a Marvel Knights imprint. It's a four issue miniseries. It in it, it it's uh, on the cover here. It has a World War II version of Captain America. So he's got the heater shield, right? He's got the triangular shield with the vertical red and white stripes, with the the blue horizontal across the top with the white stars in his left hand, and then holding an American flag in the right hand. In front of him is Black Panther. Uh, in his garb with a cape and what how would you describe the weapons that he is holding you know that i mean they're they're an unusual weapons right i mean they're edged blades curved so essentially short staffs right i mean they kind of like lightsaber handles right but on each end uh, there are these large curved blades coming out sickles of some sort yeah Yeah, they're like mini sickles right yeah Yeah. Sickles. Some would call them death sickles. God. <laughs> Some being uh, me, me yeah. mostly. Yeah. Uh, then behind them is a huge uh, explosion going on. Uh, so there's a lot of yellow and orange and fire kind of looking colors. But you could tell they're in the jungle because there is blades of grass, tall blades of grass underneath their boots. And we cut to. In a very interesting opening splash page, Bob. It's not one that you would expect, right? You would expect Captain America or you would expect Black Panther. But instead, we get one of the Howling Commandos, Gabe Jones. Now, Gabe Jones, for those who are not familiar with the Howling Commandos, he, and by the way, go back and listen to episode 105 where we cover the Sergeant Fury 13, because we do spend a little bit of time going through each one of the commandos and kind of 
describing them. So I'm not going to do that again, but he's, he is the, the sole African-American soldier in Nick Fury's group. Right. And he is one who is known for having his bugle. Um, and he carries it around and he plays it. Now, his background, Bob, I'm not sure if you know this about him, but he grew up as a uh, a jazz musician as a kid. And he actually studied and learned how to play from Louis Armstrong. You don't say. Yeah. And so, because I think his dad had a, a jazz club or something like that. I, I could be getting that wrong, but anyway, um, so that's probably how he met Louis Armstrong. And so he's a, he's a talented musician, um, but it's World War II. And of course, you know, he's part of the war. And I don't know if he got drafted or not, but most likely. And um, here we are in this opening splash page. And we see Gabe Jones holding uh, his, his machine gun and, and aiming it at the, the reader and behind him. And it looks like he's in some sort of tunnel tunnel or bunker, right? It's dark. Um, there are wooden crates behind him with, with Nazi and German soldier emblems on there. And there's fire going off like bullets, like shooting around him. And he, he uh he's just grimacing in his army fatigues and the only words you see are i hate nazis we cut to the next page and then we see from his perspective the nazis that are running down the aisle uh between these crates firing their weapons but they're also getting fired on so there's a middle of a firefight here and then we see the the rest of the commandos Fortunately, I hang out with the guys who feel the same way. The Howling Commandos were getting a reputation. Nick Fury heads up the outfit. He's my kind of guy. He makes the impossible happen on the regular. When Fury put this squad together, he had his pick of the litter. And we cut back to uh, earlier time when, um, you know, prior to the war when where Nick Fury was going and he was meeting with various people and to, to pull them into his group. And so they're all standing at attention. Warhorse like him, he didn't care that the army wasn't integrated yet. He just wanted guys who could knock a Nazi's block off. I'm the first Negro to kill Nazis alongside white American soldiers. And I like my work. And then we cut to Dum Dum Dugan. As such, we're outnumbered two to one, and we lost the whole element of surprise thing. You got a point there, Duggan? Toss a pineapple at the missile, and let's hightail it out of here. But that might ignite the fuel and take us out, too. You want to live forever? And here I was looking forward to chow tonight. And he grips a, a grenade, and he has uh, he's got the pin in his teeth, and he's about to pull it out and throw it. But up above him is a German soldier high above one of the crates looking down with his machine gun about to shoot him. And he's missing after that. 
everyone you know, looked. I, I love this. I love this this panel though, Rick, right? Because he's missing in that panel. But you, know, you see how the coloring has changed, right? The, there's the, the, it's, it's sort of a red, white, and blue tinge to what's going on up above. It's it's wonderfully done. Good call out by you. Everyone looks up. We can't help it. When a grown man wearing red, white, and blue underwear appears out of nowhere, it kind of throws you off your game. And there he is. It's Captain America with his heater shield coming down, jumping down on right in the middle of the whole group of Nazis, and he's taking them out. What are you waiting on, Howlers? I said, dear chaps, is there a circus nearby? Or a mental institution? That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen, and I'm from Brooklyn. Who is this clown, Sarge? America's secret weapon. I thought we were America's secret weapon. And then they all yell, where the hell, Bob? <laughs> and they go charge him. And then we see a whole bunch of dead Nazis. It was nasty business, but we got the job done. And then we cut to Nazi high command in Berlin. This defeat is unacceptable. These hooters. Hellers, mein Führer. Howlers, we've set us back six months on our missile program. Don't forget Captain America. He single-handedly turned the tide of the battle. And your point, Strucker? By the way, we're, we're looking at Adolf Hitler. And he's talking with Baron von Strucker. Just that this arms race is escalating on several levels at the same time. Our assassin killed the scientist responsible for the star-spangled buffoon, but even one super soldier will change the course of the war. Yes, it is a problem. We are working on a solution now, but I want to stay focused on our goal, to launch a missile from Europe that lands in Roosevelt's lap in Washington, D.C. And now we have found the solution to one of the most vexing problems in regard to making an incontinental missile a reality. And we cut to one of his high staff. Gentlemen, there's an extremely rare metal that can be instrumental to our campaign. A metal that can, in fact, ensure that a missile never gets knocked off its course because it actually absorbs vibrations. This metal is called vibranium, and it can only be found in one place in the world, the African nation of Wakanda. Very little is known about Wakanda, apart from its mythology. It is a closed society, with little to no trade with the outside world. Wonderful! We'll buy it off them for some shiny beads! And they all laugh. <laughs> the Wakandans keep their border secure through their fierce warrior cult, which keeps neighboring tribes at bay. I think a single platoon of armed Aryans enough to keep a bunch of monkeys with sticks in their place. Wolfgang, you kill me. And Ad Adolf Hitler says to all this, I am glad you're also covenant. You will seize command of this land and mine the ore we need with no problem. Yes, mein Führer. Sir, please come this way. 
and this is to Wolfgang Strucker. Why, who wants to see me? Sir, please. And then off camera, off panel, you will lead this mission. The rest are too stupid. Yes, mein Herr. And then we cut to the Atlantic Ocean. And there is a, is that a, uh, what kind of ship is that, Bob? Um, it looks it's like not, a, a Navy ship, Rick. Yes, it's, I know. But what kind of Navy ship? It's not a battleship. No, it's probably a destroyer. It's small enough to, to probably be a destroyer. Quick, easy in, easy out. Yeah, okay. along that line. So we see Cap with the shield on his back, and he's walking through into the mess hall. Mind if I join you guys? Sure. No skin off my back. So he sits down with Nick and his commandos. Don't know about you guys, but I haven't eaten in days. Couldn't tell by your performance in the field. Good work out there. Thanks. So, you keep that outfit on all the time? Yep. Part of my job is to be a symbol. So, mask full time too? Sure. It's not about me. It's about what I represent. And then one of the uh, soldiers comes up, I guess one of the cooks, right? It's after hours, but we made something special for you, Cap. That's swell, Cookie. I'm starving. So were, were they all called Cookie back then? You know, I hadn't heard, uh, you know, certainly uh, mess personnel in, uh, in the Army. Uh-huh. Uh, and sometimes in the Marines, we call them cookie, but I, I hadn't heard that on, on ship, but, uh, yeah, but. Well, why would it be different on a ship? I, I don't know. Just different cultures, different cultures. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I'll have to wash up some silverware for you. Don't bother. Excuse me. Were you finished eating? And he's talking to Gabe Jones. Huh? Yeah, but. Thanks, buddy. And he grabs his spoon and his fork from, from Gabe. And then we cut back to the inner monologue of Gabe. Not only did the guy sit next to me, but he ate after me, using a fork that only been a minute ago had been in my mouth. Who was this guy? The brass decided since we worked together so well in Germany, they sent us back. They sent us to back up Captain America on his next mission in Africa. So we cut to the plane flying over Africa and there's Cap standing at the at the open door looking down onto the ground and everybody else piled in behind him. Africa? Can you believe that baloney? I'm not ashamed of Africa like a lot of Negroes are but the likelihood of at least one of the howlers saying something dumb is pretty good. And Cap turned back and he smiles. He goes, I get out here. And then he jumps out of the plane. Now, Bob, what year did Captain America first Avenger? Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, not first Avenger. The, the next one. Winter Soldier come out. I, I don't remember. Rick. It was years after this is my point. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. But here, here's Cap jumping out of a plane, no parachute. But he does have a parachute. 
No, oh, well, but anyway, he doesn't, <laughs> it's not deployed yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, well, he has been in several comic books jumping out without a parachute. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. And so they're all joined at the door looking down at him and they're all kind of talking. He could be run through with spears by the time we get there to cover him. You saw how he handled that Rachi gunfire. He's a big boy. He'll be fine. Yeah, besides, Tarzan will look out for him, right? Izzy, you're an embarrassment to your bureau. What if he runs into a tiger? That would be shocking, since tigers live in India, old chap. Like I said. Now, I, I'm going to be... I, I don't mind admitting this. I don't mind admitting this. I was a, I was a full grown adult until I knew tigers were not from Africa and they were from India. Okay. I didn't know that as a kid. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, kids today probably know all that stuff, TikTok and everything, you know. Yeah, because all those yeah. videos about tigers. But us, we had to rely upon Encyclopedia Britannica and stuff, right? In the, yeah, the I, library. I, listen, I watched right. the black and white Tarzan serials. I'm pretty sure there are tigers in there. You know, there probably were, you know, yeah. Well, I think that's an honest mistake. A lot of people make, yeah. I still don't know the difference between an alligator or a crocodile. You know, we actually have both here in Florida. Really? The, the only place that I think where we have both, yeah. What's the difference? Um, well, the crocodiles that we have here are uh, saltwater. And okay. so, uh, and they also have, um, their snouts are a little bit different. And they have much different musculature in their mouths. So, for example, for an alligator, you can hold an alligator's mouth together. Mm -hmm. They have very weak muscles to open their mouth, uh, mm -hmm. very strong muscles to close it. So once their mouths are open, you're screwed. But with a crocodile, their musculature is such that they can open their mouth and close it with almost the same amount of force. So don't wrestle a crocodile. <laughs> That would be, um, but yeah, so down south of here, where I live in Naples, Florida, we have a lot of alligators uh -huh. around here. Um, but down south, closer to the foot of of, uh, of Florida, 10,000 islands where the mangroves are, there are crocodiles down there. Hmm. Yeah, they're much more tolerant of salty water, brackish water, I guess. But where, okay, so you said where the only, you, you, I think you said, yeah. This is the only place in the world where they both exist at the same area? Yeah. How did that happen? It's a good question. I, I imagine they go back, you know, thousands of years when the land there were land bridges that connected mm -hmm. um, you know, parts of South America and so in America. other parts of the world, where do you find alligators and where do you find crocodiles? You know, I'm not sure where you find I think alligators are indigenous to the United States, whereas crocodiles, I mean, you find those all over the place. I I was on a river in Nepal with crocodiles all around me. So, and certainly they're in Africa, um, you know, hmm. so they're, they're much more numerous around the world than alligators. Are you, all right. So you see alligators pretty frequently where you live, right? All the time. Man. Yeah. And, and so you just look at them as like, what, like rats, like, you're like, ah, I, I don't want to be around them, but I'm not afraid of them. Like, I am terribly afraid of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're fearful. They're, they're big. I just had a guy who uh, got bit by an alligator out on one of my walking trails a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He was walking through like knee deep water. Didn't see the alligator. 
probably kicked, I think he, th he thinks he probably kicked it in the face accidentally and it bit him in the leg and held on and his friend had to like chase it off. But yeah, I mean, they're, I've been walking, I've walked down the trails where I work, you know, with uh -huh. my son and my wife and like the alligator is just like three feet off on the side of the trail, you know, like with its body in the water, but its head on the land, just kind of hanging out. So what do you do if you, uh, an alligator comes charging you? Uh, you try to run. Yeah. They're fast. They are uh, fast beasts. So like, you know, we get calls all the time, people out on the trail, like there's an alligator on the trail and then you got two options. It depends, you know, obviously uh, if you're on the other side of the alligator from where you need to be, mm -hmm. you see like one of our trails is a 12 mile loop. You know, if you're on the wrong side of the alligator and it's between <laughs> you and the parking lot, you got to make a choice. Right. So uh, you know, we advise people to to generally go around behind the alligator. Behind it. Behind it. Don't go like in front of it, its head. Uh -huh. uh, and, and generally, they're not going to, they don't bug you unless it's mating season uh -huh. or they're nesting. Uh, uh -huh. Those are two times when they're, when they're super. Uh, or if you're small. Aggressive. Right. Or like if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're, if you're like a little yeah. child, it'll totally go after you. Right. It'll totally go after you. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're if, big enough where it's like, mm, you might put up a fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Yeah. I, I think about it all the time when I'm out there. So it's, yeah, I see them, but I'm, I'm huh. not like immune to like, Oh, hell no. They're big. They're prehistoric, man. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I, you know what? I don't like, I don't like snakes. Yeah. Well, I am and, more afraid of the snakes than I am of the alligators. Yeah, because they're smaller and can like you you can be right on top of them. Right. Or vice versa. Yeah. And they will come at you. Water moccasins. Yeah. They will. See, like that that's the thing that blows my mind. Like the guy who's like, oh, he was walking in the water, like what'd you say, knee deep or yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I wouldn't walk in water knee deep. Hell no. I know. Well, a lot of our trail, you know, we just had a lot of heavy rain from Hurricane Ian. So a lot of the trail systems were covered with water. They are, so, you know. Okay, why rain. are they out in the trails? People just, you know, these are the trails. It's, yeah, but, but why are they there? Just hiking. But why the hell are they doing it through water? They've just <laughs> rained. Like, we actually leave wet walks, you know, waist deep water. I have guides that take people out on what walks no way if you can't yeah. see what is below yeah. the surface there's no way i'm going out I know. there it's a, it can be a little scary yeah you know, know. usually if you're in a big group you know you're fine right snakes aren't going to bug you they're going the other direction alligators aren't messing with you they're going the other direction if you're by yourself or you know one or two people or, or, or god forbid with a small child out there i wouldn't i wouldn't go out in these sorts of environments unless i was absolutely sure there were no alligators in that area or or snakes how in can that you area. be absolutely sure well they you know there's certain kinds of terrain that alligators prefer right i mean if it's a sort of place where it's, it's like the, you know we call them the hydro period but like the the water you know it rains it fills up but then it dries out, right? Alligators uh -huh. generally don't like that sort of. They they like a more consistent place to uh, to hunt and to swim around and stuff. Mm -hmm. Whatever the hell alligators do, they don't want to be in an area that is you know big swings of how much water there's there. So a lot of the plate, a lot of our trails, you know, they fill up with water when it rains. It's a great place to go. Alligators aren't going to be there, or the trees are too dense and it's hard for them to maneuver through. But there's places where they are there all the time. You can. Yeah, kinda... I got I got to say, and, and I don't think I'm alone when I'm saying this. Um, 
that's just crazy. Like, there's no way. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I Nature's great. You know, hey, yeah. take a walk. Sorry. Nope. I ain't but you going know, it's anywhere that alligators hang out. When I lived in California, now we have panthers here, but there hasn't been a recorded panther attack on a human in like 50 years in Florida, right? But in California, where I lived, uh, we had mountain lions and mm-hmm. you would frequently see mountain lions. Uh, they would hunt the deer that lived in, in, in the town that I lived in. They were there. And I was, uh, I was, I was, you know, they will attack human beings and have attacked human beings before. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, people still hike, um, you hike in groups, you don't hike by yourself, you don't bring a small animal with you, because they'll go after the small animal. But, you know, they, they seem, oh, they're, they're, they're the lions, <laughs> so, right? so don't, don't bring your therapy dog, right? Don't bring <laughs> your therapy dog. But you know, alligators just seem so damn prehistoric. They know? really do. Compared to like a mountain lion, you're like, feel like you can reason with a mountain lion, right? You know, <laughs> go, 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 you know, big noise, you know, look big, you know, alligators aren't buying that crap. You know, they don't really buy that. You know, Ugh. I carry a big stick. I I would imagine yeah. so. Yeah. My last resort is to try to thump them on the head or something. Mm-hmm. Jab them in the mouth, but. You know, of course, I, I'm saying all this and I'm I'm feeling like, oh, well, you know, we're we are hundred percent like people are going to be on my side, but you know, we have, we have people listen all, all over the world, all over the world. I'm, I'm just, right. I'm, yeah. I'm just going through right now and gosh. Okay. 20, 29% of our listeners are not in the U S yeah. Right. So we have people in Australia. They're like, <laughs> they're just laughing at us right, right. now. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you know, big you know laugh about bingo ate a baby there. Yeah. You know, I mean, you we, know? we got people in Brazil. We got people uh, in the Philippines, India. Oh, gosh. I'm, you know, I'm all over the place. Uh, Malaysia. It's South Africa, you know, we've, yeah. we've got listeners all over the world, Bob. And it, it just, <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to have them come on and be like, go like, so you want to talk about your alligator? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got spiders the size of a, that's true. You know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, about uh, six months, I got to, you know, that's a belabor the point. Six months ago, guy in a hotel, like hotel bar. Uh-huh. Like in Fort Myers, went out to like have a smoke break, you know, went outside out, out by the bushes. You know, he heard some noise. He thought it was a dog in the bushes. The alligator came out and bit him in the leg, almost mm. took his leg off. I'm like, damn, in the middle of Fort Myers, man, he went out to have a smoke break at the hotel. So. Well, they will say smoking will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no extra charge, folks. All right. So we're cutting. And, and listen, we're in the middle of a jungle here in Wakanda. So uh, I guess all this talk about, you know, dangerous wildlife kind of just makes sense. But so here we are and Cap Cap uh, did have a parachute, as Bob pointed out, um, and he's taking um, he's, you know, putting away his, his parachute and he's going through the tall grass and he comes up on a, a bloody face. And as he gets closer. It's actually a bloody head. And there's a whole bunch of heads on spikes right um this is very much reminiscent of 
you know, uh, I guess, uh, Roman kind of battlefields where, you know, to, to intimidate the enemy, basically saying, don't go any further or this will happen to you. It's a warning, if you will. Um, but here's all these germ German heads that are just Spoken like a true marketing guy. What do you mean? How do you, I don't want to the, adver the advertising, right? <laughs> yeah it's a message it's a messaging right yeah 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 so um and and we cut to a close-up on cap's eyes he's staring at this and then we then cut to a close-up of a face of a german soldier who is standing in front of an officer but we don't know who the officer is yet And the blonde hair, blue eyed, bloodied man says, It was a slaughter, sir. I'm listening. We couldn't see them, but they saw us like it was midday over a sun and turmerberger. <laughs> Whatever the name of that town is. I believe it's it's pronounced fur for Yeah, for sure, for sure, for I just got done saying we have listeners all over this world. And, and, and now, Bob, you need to apologize to our German listeners. I don't know how to pronounce this. It is, it is spelled S-O-N-N-E-N-U-T-E-R-A-N-G. Is that Sonnenerturang? That's your guess is as good as mine on that one. That's way too many syllables for me. Yeah. Uh. You pronounce all right um and the, and there's all these german soldiers that are running around and then all of a sudden they're falling into a pit with with pikes where they're getting uh rope on their heels being pulled up into the the trees they're getting uh just killed they picked us off one by one they had all these traps set we were sport to them they made me apologize then they told me to return to camp and tell everyone what had happened. They said they were merciful to the first wave because they didn't know, but it would be worse for any who follow. Do you think you were followed back? No, I mean, I tried, but I, I don't know what they are capable of. Wait here. I'll send someone to bring you a drink to calm your nerves. And then Strucker leaves the tent where he was questioning the soldier and he tells the guard shoot him and bury his body in the jungle i don't want him panicking the camp yes baron and as cap standing there looking at the heads on pikes from behind him there is a voice You can go home now. We have already taken out the garbage. And Cap turns to see the Black Panther in his uniform as well as a cape with the long collar. I wanted to question them. We have the answers we need. Then I guess that means I have questions for you. Goodbye, Captain America. 
We need to talk now. And he puts his hand on Black Panther's shoulder. But as he's about to do that, coming out of nowhere, surrounding him with weapons, mostly spears, are the Wakandans. I am king here. You don't make demands. Well, pardon me, your highness. Maybe you just lop off the head of every newcomer around here. If we did that, this conversation would be over. But those Nazis were here for a reason. And then we cut to the commander, commandos who are spying on him with binoculars. Holy mackerel. Okay, so it's not a tiger. But it is Captain America being captured by some kind of werecat? Nah, it's some kind of guy in a suit. A lot more tasteful one than our guy's wearing. Not very patriotic of you, Sarge. Can't help it, Dino. I'm a patriotic as the next guy. But running around with stars and stripes coming out of your butt ain't the look for me. So what are we doing here? We saving this guy or what? Or what? At least for now. Let's see how this plays out. Let our wartime ambassador in long underwear convince the natives we're on the same side. And if we don't, we raise hell, soldier. So we cut back to Gabe. I don't like this at all. And then we cut back to Captain Black Panther. The Germans came to steal our Vivernium, the medal that can only be found here in Wakanda. Hitler needs it for the next generation of their missile systems, as do you. These are dangerous times. You need to choose a side. We have our own. You can't be serious. We take our borders very seriously, and you have crossed ours. Now look here. Puts his finger in Black Panther's chest. Mistake. And he kicks Captain America back. And the commandos, all they can do is say, Yikes! Okay, buddy. I've about had it. Stand down, man. And he takes off his cape. In time, you will represent to your nation what the Black Panther represents to Wakanda. And that is a good thing. But today, I must teach you a lesson. What are you getting from lip-reading, Jesus? Nothing from the guy in the full facial mask. But clearly, they're about to scrap. I figured that much. Looks like they're going to play fair. At least, until Cap wins. Ouch. Not that one, though. Ooh, nice slip. Starting a five count. This guy, he's got moves like nobody else. Oh, but now he's using a classic, the sleeper hold. Wow, recovered like a cat. This fight's a real nail-biter. We could sell tickets at the garden for this one. Stay cool, but be ready to move in quick if our guy comes out on top. You will be moving but at our command and then behind everybody. Like, I don't know about you, Bob. I was just waiting for the Wakandans to just show up behind them. 
Right. Like, did you get that feeling too? Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, especially since they're talking so loud. Yeah, you know, they're sitting around all looking at Cap and uh, and the Black Panther and not really, you know. Yeah, who's on guard? Like, who's, yeah, right? who's watching the, the flanks? Yeah. And there it is. Is there's a whole bunch of Wakandans with not only uh, spears but also machine guns aimed at the troops. Wow, that was quiet. Drop your weapons and get on your knees. Where'd you learn to speak English? Berlin? The world is bigger than you know, American. If you cooperate, you will keep your heads, unlike your German playmates. And then they go up to Pinky. I said, drop all your weapons. My dear fellow, I had to try. And they take away his umbrella. We cut back to Gabe's inner monologue. We failed in our mission to protect Captain America. How could things be worse? And we cut back to the German, um, I wouldn't say base, like this is, I mean, I don't know, what do you call this, Bob? It's their bivouac site. Yeah, they're, okay. they're camp, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just a few miles away, right? Yeah. Camp. Uh, yeah, I think it's more of a camp. Yeah. And we cut to the tent where um, Strucker was in. The carpet is ruined. It is impossible to get a blood stain out of fine fabric. So, what are you going to do? Replace the carpet, preferably with the skin of whoever killed our advanced team. We can't have the German army being beaten by a bunch of savages. Losing to Jesse Owens at the Berlin Olympics was bad enough. I thought you were smart enough not to underestimate this foe, which is why you keep losing, which is why I am here. The vibranium we need will be ours, and Captain America will die. <sighs> Who's that, Bob? I love this uh what is it about a two-third page panel there uh, yeah and it is a great just great image of red skull in his nazi uniform holding his hat in his hand and he's got just a snarl on his face right mm -hmm. uh, it's it's wonderfully done who is it the red skull that's red skull red skull <laughs> I have a cue card. It's phonetically spelled. It's just, it's a post-it note on my computer now. Oh, I see. It's the red skull. Uh-huh. All right, let's get to issue number two. All right, so Bob, for issue two, um, do you want to hear the solicitation? I'm not going to be happy unless I do. Okay. For the first time ever, see the full story of the first meeting of Captain America and the Black Panther. It's a World War II adventure featuring a young Steve Rogers, the Black Panther, and Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos in combat with the nastiest villains in the Marvel Universe, Baron Strucker and the Red Skull. The only thing you know, we, we talked about before, it's like, okay, well, is this really the first appearance, the time they met? I mean, it certainly is. You know, with that Black Panther, but mm -hmm. there's other stories that kind of 
um, also have this. So you have, um, there was also um, Wolverine Origins, that mm-hmm. series, not the miniseries, the series Wolverine Origins, issue 18. Um, that had when Nick, Nick Fury met Cap um, in November of 1941, which is before the USA entered the war. Mm-hmm. So there's that story. And then there's a recent series called Marvel. I think it's written by Kurt, Kurt Busiek. Mm-hmm. Um, in Marvel 5, there's also apparently a first meeting. There's a lot of first meetings here. There is. Yeah. There's some continuity issues. And and of course, in this, this series, there are a couple of continuity issues, right? I mean, is it his first time to Wakanda? You know, what's his relationship with Nick? Clearly, Bucky's not involved. So there's some issues here with Bucky, right? So mm-hmm. um, and we'll learn more about that later. But but yeah, so it's a great, great series. But yeah, it, there are maybe, you know, it's the Marvel Knights imprint, like you said, and sometimes... Marvel Knight imprints don't don't gel nicely with with the rest of the. Well, you know, Volume Four was Marvel Knights, right? It was. And that was, yeah, of Captain yeah. America. But you know, there's things in, in Volume Four that they've never resolved, right? We've never resolved the whole Cap being intentionally frozen and and that being a. That's true. Ploy, right, to to prevent him from interfering with the use of nuclear weapons in Japan. So, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, that's true. All right. So on the cover here, it's uh, almost like a reverse of the first cover. It's 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 the same thing where you have Cap and Black Panther with, you know, their weapons in their hands. But instead, Cap's in the front and Black Panther's behind him. So it's really the only difference. They're both kind of jumping into battle. There is a American flag behind Captain America. So here we are flags of our fathers. And in both covers, we, we have the American flag. We'll see if this continues or not. And the creative team uh, is the same, just in case anybody was curious. Shall I read the synopsis of issue one? Sure. Why not? Okay. I mean, we just went through it. So I don't know if we need to, but Okay. The Howling Commandos, an elite team of Americans put together by Sergeant Nick Fury during World War II, are more than used to confronting Hitler's armies all across the globe. On a mission gone bad, they're surprised to be reinforced by a single man, a costume hero going by the name Captain America, America's secret weapon. With the tide of the war in constant ebb and flow, Hitler's men have discovered a unique metal called vibranium that can be used to create unstoppable missiles. Baron von Strucker leads German forces to the African nation of Wakanda, the only place vibranium exists, to claim the metal's powers for the Reich. America deploys the Howlers and Captain America to Wakanda, where they find the first wave of Nazis have already been slaughtered by Wakandian forces and their king, the Black Panther. Cap and the Howlers have been taken captive by the Wakandians, still riled by the arrival of foreign armies on their doorstep. What none of them know is that the real villain behind the Nazi assault is a Nazi general by the name of Red Skull, who will see to it personally that Wakandan's myth as an unconquerable nation is shattered. And on here, we cut to a splash page, and it is uh, a Wakandian... Hmm, He's a gentleman, I don't know 
what his role is, um, but he is entertaining the Howling Commandos, and he's standing there in his African garb on a stage that is open air to the jungle, and on the stage behind him is a baby grand piano with a Wakondian dressed in a, um, a, a regal black suit, almost like a tux, sitting at the piano. And he says, Welcome. You are guests of the Black Panther, the immortal guardian of the nation of Wakanda. We are a warrior people, but have a deep appreciation for all cultures, both the European and our own. And now, a return to the classics. And so we, we turn and we see who's watching all this, is, and that is the, the uh, Howling Commandos are all sitting there. Um, and there's a big feast there with them. And they're just enjoying watching the show. And we cut back to Gabe's inner monologue. I'm in the middle of the African jungle listening to Bach. How did a Negro from Harlem end up here? Sarge, my stomach is barking like a junkyard dog smelling this food. May I? If he wanted to kill us, we'd be dead by now. Dig in. Where is our star-spangled? Whoa. And now they're buddies? And we see the king with his shirt off sitting in a chair. And next to him, seated, is Captain America. And they're just talking. So Nick wants to know more, and he walks over. Hey, Captain, guess you guys kissed and made up. Well, you have to respect a guy with a kick like that. My head is still ringing. Are you enjoying yourself, Sergeant? Just peachy, your highness. But I was wondering if you had any plans for dealing with the Nazi response to the little message you sent back. Outsiders have tried to invade my country for centuries, Sergeant. Yet here we are, unconquered. It's dangerous mistake to be underestimate this opponent, your highness. Just ask Poland, France, Ethiopia. Noted. We're having pretty frank conversations, Fury. The Panther is open to cooperative efforts. Under the proper terms. Understood. I hope those terms don't cost too many lives. Those terms will ensure there is a Wakanda, and not just the latest annexation of an empire. Noted. So he walks back to his commandos, and Dum Dum asks him, How'd that go? He doesn't like me any more than I trust him. And then we cut back to the Nazi base camp five miles east. And it's Baron Strucker in his tent. Apparently, we underestimated the Wakandians. Never again. I want five regiments assembled by dawn. It's time we hit them hard. 
wipe them off the face of the earth and take the vibranium for the Reich. And the Red Skull is there. No, we will not commit all of our resources at this time. You will send one regiment. But one. And then the Red Skull lights his cigarette. As you wish, mine hair. We cut back to the commandos, and they're all laying there after having their meal, and they're all catching some, some shut-eye. What a meal! Can we be posted here for the rest of the war? Don't get too comfy. Things will get hot soon enough. I'm worried about Cap, Gabe. He's green, and I think this panther guy could be pulling the wool over his eyes. We need to get in there, make some friends in their camp, and see what they're up to. And Gabe looks up at him. So why don't you think they'll pull the wool over my eyes? Because you're a howler. Right. Now I'm going to pause here for a second, Bob. I like that. I do too. Yeah. Because it wasn't like Nick was, you know, saying, like, I don't know. I like his response. I mean, obviously, Gabe's black. Perhaps there's some sort of competitive advantage to having him kind of buddy up with the Wakandians uh, because of, you know, his his race. But but Nick's not playing that up, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, well, what makes you think they want to pull the wool over my eyes? And he said, because you're, you're a howler, right? right? And so, mm -hmm. like, I picked you for a reason. You are up to the task. I have faith in you. That's right. how I read that. No, I think you're right on. Right? He, I mean, for him, Cap is still green, right? He's not seasoned yet. Uh, Gabe is a seasoned howler, man. He's a warrior, right? And so he can be counted on to see the job through. I mean, some might say, well, gosh, you don't want to send Gabe in there, right? Gabe, you know, Gabe might identify with the Wakandans, but Nick's not worried about that because he knows Gabe's a, he's, he's a serious professional. And he trusts him. Yeah. So we cut back to Gabe by himself, resting back on his bed, arms behind his head, st staring at the ceiling. I found myself in a black man's paradise, only to be asked to spy on another Negro to see if he's a Nazi puppet, an overconfident fool, or if he's the truth. Am I scared to find out it's not real? So we cut to Black Panther and Cap, and I and I I say Black Panther, but maybe you know just to remind people and not confuse them. This is this is King Azori, right? This is this is um, T'Chaka's father, T'Challa's grandfather. I hope you find the accommodations are comfortable, Steve Rogers. Beat sleeping standing up in a foxhole with water up to your ankles. That's for. Wait, how do you know my name? A vast spy network, not unlike your own. 
sometimes there are benefits in being, how shall I put it, invisible. What does he mean by that, Bob? And well, it's a great panel here, Rick, right? Because it, it's a flashback. It's uh, It shows the skinny Steve Rogers, right? Talking to um, uh, Dr. Erskine. And uh, this is before receiving the super, super soldier serum. They're in a lab of some sort. And in the foreground, you see a janitor with a mop and a bucket. And it's a black man, right? So he's suggesting that, uh, you know, uh, the janitor is invisible. Nobody sees him. He's there. You know, but because he's a black man, nobody pays any attention to him, right? He's almost not present, of course, you know, to, to their eyes. And so he can, he's the perfect spy. Yeah, I think I, I think that says a lot, Bob, because, um, you know, it's, it's, I appreciate the fact that, you know, race is a big part of this story. And here we are um the fact that uh you know here's a black uh janitor that it goes unnoticed um because he's you know he's less than right i mean he's just he's a he's a helper he's he's not important and some of that is going to be his status Right in his role, perhaps you know, right. and yeah. how that's being considered. You know, he's not uh, this scientist, or you know, for that matter, uh, you know, a guard. You know, uh, he's he's just a, a cleaning guy. Um, you know, it's kind of like that that TV series, uh, the cleaning lady that's out there right now. You ever you ever seen no, that? No, I haven't. You, you, okay, I've seen the commercials for it. I've never watched the show. Uh, I think it. It's in his second season, um, and it's the it's the actress who played uh, Electra on the the Daredevil Netflix series. Okay, um, and so she's she's uh, I guess recruited to do certain things because no one pays attention to her because she's the cleaning lady. Got it. Okay, yeah. you know what I mean. So I think I think it's like that same right attitude, right? Is like you know. They're just invisible. Right. Um, and I I don't know. It struck me. It's just yeah. struck me as an important comment on our society. Sure. Yeah. Uh, still relevant, but certainly even more relevant in the time frame that we're talking about. And uh, yeah, I mean, if this had been a, uh, a blonde, blue eyed, you know, muscular guy, but this is a Wakandan warrior, right? He's a spy uh, mm -hmm. playing the role of the janitor. Nobody pays any attention to him. Yeah. I think this will cause a lot of Americans to rethink their attitudes. You can't go to war with a bunch of jerks who call themselves the master race and turn around and do the same thing back home. Evil is only allowed to flourish when good men do nothing to stop it. As a symbol of your country, your actions take on great weight. The true test of your ideals will come when the war is over. What do you mean? A nation at war has an enemy to unify them. A nation with no enemy often looks for one within its own borders. What great social commentary. Spot on. Yeah. History has proven this true over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, you remember, I hate to say this, but do you remember back when 9-11 happened? Sure. And we, we all unified as a country. Like that was the last time I remember as a country feeling like we're in this together. Our neighbors, our friends, our colleagues, our coworkers, we're all in this together. There's, we're on the same team. Uh-huh. But since then, it has felt like, nope, you're either on this team or you're on that team. There's no in between. Sure. And, right. and because we had a common enemy at the time. But now, without that common enemy, we are looking within our own borders and we're villain vilifying each other. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to well, get too political no, well, here, you're Bob, right. but you're right. But, but I it mean, is an excellent comment on, yeah. on society. Right. It's, you know, and well, in this case, I mean, we had a legitimate, legitimate enemy with, uh, with the Nazis, of course, and the Axis powers, but even, you know, we have manufactured, you know, enemies around the world and, and you know, and, and, and cap, cap tackled those concerns, right? Do you remember in the, in the first few issues of, uh, of, um, of volume four, uh, he struggled with that as well. Um, that, that sometimes, you know, even the nation itself uh, looks to unify itself by looking outward. And sometimes that takes some, you know, some creative engineering of a, of a villain. And so, yeah, we got to constantly be on guard about that. And that's one of the things I love about Steve is he recognizes uh, frequently and comments on frequently that we got to be careful about looking for uh, looking for villains and um, not for villain's sake, but for this effort of, of unifying ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love this quote. Evil is only allowed to flourish when good men do nothing to stop it, right? I mean, that's a right. famous quote from sure is. a long time ago. And Edmund I was Burke, actually right, huh? Edmund Burke is that Burke? You know what? I, I don't know. honestly, you know, without googling it, I, I don't, I don't think I, yeah. I would know. But, but it is it is a quote that I actually was thinking about the other day, and yeah. um, it, it's that's an important thing. You know, it's good thoughts don't make a good man good actions do that's it yeah yeah you know it's interesting uh you know he talks about uh after the wars when will be it'll be the chance for you know to cap uh, to be a symbol of this country that um proves whether or not the ideals um are are matter right of course, Steve doesn't have that opportunity, at least not right away. Mm-hmm. So that that's a nice that's a nice nod. Not only I think I I don't know if I don't know if the author intended this, but it's a nice nod to maybe the the commie smasher cap, right? Hmm. Um, who who didn't? Uh, he was one of those guys that went down that rabbit hole of uh, looking for for villains within our own borders. Hmm. And not I didn't up, think about that. That's not a, living up that's to the interesting... ideals. Interesting point. All right. So then we cut to uh, the German tanks approaching Wakanda and they are 
just rip roaring through the through the jungle, making a loud noise, Bob. Oh my goodness, what is that? What's the matter? You don't know the sound of a panzer tank by now? All right, Howlers, scramble. Hey, unlock the door. I thought we were guests, not prisoners. And then outside the door are two Wakandan soldiers standing over, over it. The Black Panther has decreed that you shall be protected from harm. You got to be kidding me. We're soldiers. The Black Panther appreciates your willingness to contribute to Wakanda's defense. Stand by for further instructions. I knew it. The fix is in. It's all been a setup. And then the tanks come up to the big wall. Commence firing in. And then out of the ground comes this futuristic looking device. I mean, it's got to be three stories tall. Uh, and it looks like something that, I mean, heck, it looks like the helmet to Galactus. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Heck, I think the colorists thought the same thing because they kind of colored right. it a little the same yeah, color as Galactus' helmet. Yeah. And it's just this huge uh, silo with like these wings on it. What the hell is that? Weird. My compass just went south. Firing. And then the tank blows up, Bob. Boom. And we see the Red Skull there with a soldier with binoculars. And the Red Skull says, Keep watching. Where are you going, Hans? I see survivors. And then the German soldier gets a spear thrown through his body. Like most times, like I think if a spear went to hit somebody, it kind of like gets stuck in them, right? Right. The spear yeah. was thrown with such velocity that went through them. And it's the king himself, Black Panther. Up there, and he's got his two. Uh, what what are those? Uh, the the guards called again? Uh oh my gosh, what are they called? The Dora Milaje or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And and uh, it's funny, they uh, instead of being bald, they got froze. Right. They look like um, I hate to say it, they 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 look like Foxy Brown. Right. Oh, or like, sure. Like, I can see or, that. or Beyonce and uh, Austin Powers, Gold Member, right? Mm. Right. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and then we so got Black Panther up there, and he's standing on top of the cliff, and he says, "Don't worry, I've got one for you too." And she hands him another spear, and then Cap, Cap comes running out of the smoke onto the German soldiers and just starts attacking. Thank you, Captain. No problem. And then Black Panther jumps on top of a uh, a Panzer, and 
there's a German soldier there and he just runs the spear through his body as he's running by him as if like, you know, like you're not even worth my time. I'm just going to, I'm going to spear you as I'm running by you. And he says, welcome to Wakanda. <laughs> that's, that's badass. Yes. Yeah. Shoot before they get us. And then they go to fire the tank and it blows up, Bob. <laughs> and then they run up to the big Galactus helmet looking device. And that device has jumped all of our guns. We have to destroy it right away, sir. But it has its own defenses and it starts like ripping apart, you know, with blades, the, the guards around them. My God. And Cap says, I got these guys. Watch out for the Panther's teeth. And Cap just jumps in and attacks them. And then there's somebody with a uh, a German grenade. What do they call those? Potato mashers? That's exactly right. And I got to say, I'm looking at this artwork and maybe... Maybe it's just Claus Jansen's ink, but I'm I'm seeing a lot of John Romitter Jr. But now now that I'm thinking about it, I, it's it was yeah. Claus's really stylistic inking. Yeah, I think you're right. right. Yeah. And I love that one of his guards, the Dora Majaju or Menage or whatever's, uh, the they, menage a trois, yeah. Yeah, because, right, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, there is, no, there's two of them. <laughs> right. Menage a deux. Yeah, well, there's three with the panther. Yeah. Oh, that's true, yeah. Um, she says, uh, beloved, he, so I love, what? What? Yeah. His guards are his lovers, too? Because she says, beloved. Now, maybe, maybe in another culture, you know, beloved is nothing to do with romance maybe it is you know a a a term used for you know your king and that your affection for so so maybe i'm totally mm -hmm. maybe reading too too much into it right yeah my my american culture exactly. you know what i mean yeah 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 and he says i see and he takes the spear and he throws throws it into the man with the with the grenade but of course he then drops the grenade which blows up and then black panther goes running towards captain to check in on him because it did blow up near the captain and he says captain are you all right and then he in caps behind his shield kind of protecting himself but then he sees Black Panther sneak up on him and he turns and he's really surprised. He's like, what? Oh, hey. Are you okay? You were very close to that. I can't hear you. My ears are still ringing. And so the Germans start firing, but Cap pushes Black Panther out of the way to protect him with his shield. Look out! Um, And then the Germans just start running and charging and they can't block all our bullets. And Cap yells, for freedom. And he and Black Panther and his two guards are kind of 
in the middle of a melee here, right? It's just, it's just, it's a bloody battle. I mean, you see blades flying and bullets ripping and blood goring everywhere. And then at the end, it's nothing but a bunch of German soldiers lying on the battlefield. Back at the Royal Palace, there is, inside the palace, there is um, the king's wife and their two sons. Why do we have to hide here? I should be at my father's side helping defeat the invaders. Hush, Tataka. He doesn't need to be distracted by looking after you in a time of crisis. But I can help, mother. I want to do my part. Your time to carry the weight of a nation will still come soon enough. Why can't you be like your little brother, Sian? He uses his time wisely. Why not keep his head in a book? He'll never know the burdens of leadership. Boy, have you lost your... And the two sons start fighting each other, and the mom gets between them. We cannot be at war with the outside world and at home. And then we cut back to the commandos. And they're getting geared up. They got weapons. They're getting their weapons, Bob. The Wakandian guards have opened the door to, to give them their weapons. Come to Papa, sweetheart. How bad is it out there? If you're calling on us, it must be an ugly situation. Oh, it is. All right, Hallows, the odds are going to be against us, but this is what we do. Are we ready? And they go outside, and they yell, Bob. <laughs> but they don't. Who? <laughs> <laughs> and they look, and there's Cap, and there's the King Panther, standing over a legion of slaughtered German soldiers. So, what do you want us to do? Help clear corpses from the field. As you said, it's ugly out here. Wah, wah. I love it, yeah. So later, we cut to uh, inside and... Steve's getting bandaged by some of the uh, the ladies there. And uh, the king is in a rejuvenation pool uh, in a very lovely headquarters. And Steve says, whatever's in these plants, I'm healing faster than ever. Wakandan medicine is, well, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but we are not just warriors. I can tell your heart is heavy. We are alone now. Speak your mind. It's just that now that I know who you are, what you and your nation can offer the world, why won't you join us? If you were a member of the invaders, we could end this war in weeks. Our isolationist policy works for a couple of reasons. The world is assured they are under no threat that we will sprout imperialist ambitions. And it keeps any dark impulses in the hearts of Wakanda in check. I've had similar conversations with Prince Namor of Atlantis, 
He certainly has no love for the Allies or the surface world in general. But he recognizes that Hitler in the Third Reich is the greatest of evils, and it's time for all good men to come together and fight. Powerful words, Steve Rogers. You believe in the American ideals with all your heart. That is clear. The only question now is, can you maintain them? And so we uh, cut back to the German um, camp, and there is Strucker standing outside of the tent talking to the Red Skull inside the tent. I failed to understand the logic of your strategy, mein Herr. We've lost a whole squadron of men, and the Africans are more confident than ever. Hmm? You said something, Strucker? They just wiped us out. It wasn't even a contest. It was never meant to be. And he puts down a sketch pad that he was working on. What was he drawing? It looks like he's drawing a sleeper, Rick. Yeah. What are you... I never expected us to win this fight, Baron. This was a reconnaissance mission. Nothing more. An exploratory jab at our opponent to see exactly what we're up against. Now the Wakandians and their American allies are confident, overconfident, and exhausted from that battle, unprepared for what we are about to unleash. The full might of the Nazi war machine? More troops and tanks? Pfft. Follow me. And they walk outside in the nighttime. And they go into a different tent. What's in here? The future. I see. You are a master chess player. I play to win. And who do we cut to, Bob? Who's there? Oh, my goodness. It's Master Man and Warrior Woman with a lot of Wakandan prisoners. Yeah. And Master Man is standing there, and he says, Duck! And Warrior Woman, what would you, can you describe what she's wearing, Bob? <laughs> I would love to, Rick. <laughs> so she's wearing uh, very, very thigh-high leather boots. Uh, a uh, a very very uh, skimpy leather uh, appears black leather uh, briefs with a matching brazier and uh, a very long black trench coat and of course the typical uh, SS black uh, garrison hat. So she um, looks interesting, and she's holding up a Wakandan prisoner who has got his hands tied behind his back. He's, she's holding him by the throat and picking him off the ground, choking him. While uh, a slew of other Wakonians are in the same bondage on their knees on the floor. And the one that she's picking up choking spits blood into her face. Masterman will have none of that. You filthy animal! Never befell an Aryan woman! And he just basically rips the man apart. 
because you know he's he's like Superman, like strong, and he sees the red skull, and he gives a uh, a Sieg Heil salute. Herr Skull, I didn't see you there. Sorry for the mess. It's fine, Master Man. How goes the interrogation? We're just getting started. We'll have answers soon. Go clean yourself up, worry woman. We don't want you getting some monkey virus from his saliva and bring back a damp cloth to clean Baron Strucker's clothes as well. Now that you've seen what we can do, are you ready to talk? And he's saying that to one of the Walkonians. Do I get to spit in your eye first? Tiger man. And out of nowhere is this. I don't know how to describe him, but he's a, <laughs> he's a man who his limbs are cut off just below the shoulder. Right. Missing arms. And they're bandaged. But he's wearing a yellow jumpsuit with black trunks on the outside. And he's got uh, a, a big jaw with lots of teeth. And he just goes running face first at the soldier, Wakandan soldier. And he starts devouring him with his face. Now, Strucka, do you see what I mean? In 24 hours, we will conquer Wakanda, enslave their people to mine their Vibranian for the Reich, and kill the rest. To be continued. You know, and, and technically, Rick, his name is Armless Tiger Man. Technically, you are correct. <laughs> um, so here's, I find this interesting. It's so, classic. you know, uh, we, we see these super-powered characters. Master Man, Warrior mm -hmm. Woman. Now, they were introduced in the mid-70s in the pages of the Invaders. However, Armless Tiger Man, Gustav Hertz, he was actually introduced in Marvel Mystery Comics 26 back in October of 1941. So this is a character that has actually been around since the World War II in the comics. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. Uh, I think he had one appearance in the Golden Age and uh, and uh, went up against, I think, the Angel. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a crazy one to pluck from obscurity from the Golden Age. I'm, I'm super curious why... Um, why he was selected of all the potential villains, Armless Tiger Man. But I love it. Can I take I a it. wild guess? Sure. Because I have not read three and four yet. Okay. Because we're going to do that next episode. Yeah. And I've never read these before. Okay. So it'll be my first time. I have all not right. read three and four. I have no idea what's coming. All right. My guess is he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Right. Because okay. you, you got to have some, some villains like to be defeated or die or something like this. Yeah. It is a time of war, right? So yeah, um, we all know Master Man and Warrior Woman are going to live. We all know Strucker 
and Red Skull are going to live. Right. The, here's here's a character that's going to get killed off. That's my guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's probably a pretty good guess, right? But I mean, they could have just made up the character, right? I think it's just it's. Uh, I love when when these obscure characters get picked out of the golden age and and repurposed. I think I, you know, that just tickles me to no end. So I'm I'm thrilled that Armless Tiger Man uh, was was given a a second shot in the comics. Whatever happens to him, Rick. And I wish him the best. I really do. Why? <laughs> Everybody's redeemable, Rick. Really? Maybe he sees the error of his ways and he ends up staying like the white wolf from the MCU. Or he ends up staying in Wakanda and getting new arms or something. Who knows, right? It's possible. Anything's possible. Uh-huh. The man <laughs> goes around with this big jaw eating people. That's his thing. Oh, true enough. Right. True enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I'm struggling here. I'm trying to come up with some sort of hand joke. It's gonna be my <laughs> it's gonna be my cosplay next year if I ever do cosplay. I'm gonna go as armless tiger man. You're gonna need a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> um hopefully, and hopefully not a bathroom break. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to go trick or treating with you. <laughs> of, all the, of all the years, I am. That's the year I'm going to be like, sorry, Bob, I ain't going with you this year. Hold my bucket. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about this. Um, we're halfway through this story. Um, I'm digging it. I, I love the fact that we've got a young Steve Rogers. Now, I'm thinking our listeners who have, you know, been longtime listeners, I hope, I hope that they pick up on the fact that I am playing Steve Rogers differently in my voice. I know, Bob, you have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just captivated by all your voices. So uh, I, I, yeah, I, didn't whatever. Even, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm playing him a little. He's younger. He's inexperienced. He's more not, yeah. you know, naive. Right. Right. So yeah. I'm trying to play the voice as someone who talks a little faster, has a little bit more confidence. Right. A little bit more. Less battle tested. That's how I'm playing the voice. I know you don't pick up on these types of things, but I'm hoping some of our listeners do. Some of but the more, it, shall we say, uh, I don't know what. <laughs> I had a word and then it just left. It's gone. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. Those with maybe some sort of... Uh, acting background no uh, no i was gonna say people who you know are a little more sensitive to those sorts of things would pick up on it right yeah mm -hmm. yeah so plus i see you right they just get the voices i i see you so mm -hmm. yeah it's true yeah. and so, there's no way i'm gonna mistake that voice for young if i can see you so oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yikes ouch Saw the shot. I took it, Mav. <laughs> but I do like, 
<clears throat> I do like a younger Steve, you know, because it's different. Right. Yeah, you're right. You know, it gives us an opportunity to see someone who who can have the wool pulled over his eyes, right? Who yeah. can have um, a different look on life because he's less experienced. Um, so it's interesting to see that. And I'm I'm curious how it's going to go. I, I want to see is is the next two issues going to be a life lesson for Steve? Like, is he going to come away from his experience with King Azuri? Is he going to get some some wisdom from right. there's there's some mentorship going on here? Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, I I, I like the fact that. Black Panther looks at him and says, you know, like ready yourself for what's to come. There's after the war. I hope you continue this same attitude, you know, at that point there is, he, he sees something in Steve. I, I like that too. I like the fact that, you know, he's, he doesn't see what, the, the howling commandos see like uh, a, a guy in red, white, and blue pajamas. That's just garish to look at, you know, like that's what they see, you know? And they're like, who, what, who is this guy? You know? And they're almost a little jealous of him, if you will, you know what I mean? Like, so, but, but um, the black Panther sees him and sees promise. He sees, a future um like any good leader does he doesn't just see somebody for what they are currently he sees their potential and um i like that about this yeah and i think you know the thing with the howlers and, and fury and and you know the team is that they're a hammer right and that's what warriors are they're hammers right every problem is a nail because you're a hammer and hammers are great mm-hmm you know, when you're in certain situations, but they're not great in all situations. And uh, Azuri is looking for Cap to be more than just a hammer, right? He can be a great hammer in combat, right? He can decimate a, a, a Nazi squadron of, mm -hmm. of, of troops, but but he needs to be something more than that, right? Mm -hmm. He needs to be have different tools in his toolkit and be able to um, do different things in peacetime as well as wartime. There's different ways to serve. Fury is not a peacetime warrior, mm. you know? Yeah. None of the howl. That's not what the howlers are about. But but Cap, there will come a time when he will be in peacetime, and that requires a different tool set. And that's what I think uh, the Black Panther is trying to impress upon him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like that. Um, And you mentioned before that, you know, we don't see Bucky. Uh, right, yeah. Right. So this could very well be a time before uh, Bucky finds out about Cap and becomes his partner. Right. Because he he has the triangular shield. Right. Right. And yeah. I, I, and when I'm trying to figure out when did. Was yeah, Bucky, Bucky was with him when he had the triangular shield. Right? He was. He was. Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. But we, but we know that this is still very early on if he has that shield. Yes. Yes. So it could be a time before he met Bucky. I don't know. And he has that 
headpiece, right? Rather than the full. Yes. Cowl. Yes. Cause we do see a lot of skin around the neck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I have read this series before Rick and, and I will tell you the first time I read it, I, I didn't love it. And I don't know why, because the second time I read it uh, in preparation for the show, cause you know, I like to prepare. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I was blown away on, by Can you the, pause? Just pause for the, the listeners to stop laughing. Oh yeah, put your jaws. Yeah, okay. Everybody done, everybody? Okay. Uh the, I read I read the series, you know, in prep for uh for going through it with you. And uh and I was blown away by the series. And we're only halfway through it now, and there's a lot more to go and a lot a lot more twists and turns, but it really is a great story. Uh and it's well written. And you know, I like action as much as the next guy, but I also like a thinking man's comic. And there's a lot to think about in this in this writing. Mm -hmm. I also like the fact that it's told from the perspective of Gabe Jones. Yeah. Um, you know, because seeing it, number one, seeing it from a non-main character, super-powered, just regular Joe's perspective, I think is important. Number one. Number two, and this brings it to a whole different element, seeing it from a black man's point of view in a in the time period that it takes place, in a country it takes place, adds a whole nother element to it. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love the fact that Steve just grabbed the utensils and he was like, yep, no, I got some utensils. Hey, you don't want those? No, I'm good. Don't worry yourself, cookie. Yep. You know? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and use these. Now, yeah. personally, me, me, Rick, I would have taken my napkin and wiped them off first. Uh -huh. I don't care who that person was. It could have yeah. been my wife. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wipe them off yeah. before I stick them in my mouth. But that's well, me. And, and Steve doesn't have to worry about that. He's got great uh, immune response at this point, right? Oh, you just ruined it. <laughs> so you're, you're saying, he's not worried about germs, you know? So you're saying this was strictly a uh, not not a germ thing, but it was more of a cultural thing, right? Oh, absolutely. It was a, okay. it was a social commentary as opposed yeah. to, uh, you know, yeah. But that's just it, right? I mean, we would say, well, you know, you know, we could take that part out of the equation. And the only thing left is the social commentary. And so mm -hmm. that's what makes it so hard hitting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important too that Hudlin, you know, is as a black man is writing this, um, you know, because he has his perspective that he's bringing into it. Um, and he's allowing us to, Let's let's face it, you know, the majority of us are not black who are reading this story. You know, just 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 mm -hmm. you know, right. statistically speaking. Yeah, demographically speaking, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we get to see it from those eyes, and it is um, you know, interesting at the very least, but eye opening, hopefully at a at another level.
Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're doing this series, especially now with with the, the Black Panther movie coming out, because I think, you know, a lot of folks miss this, uh, this, this four issue uh, miniseries when it, it first came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I did. Folks, a lot of folks don't even know it exists. So I'm glad we're having an opportunity to resurrect it and reintroduce it to some folks yep. or like me who have read it before. And for some reason, I don't know, it didn't click with me the first time, but now uh, I'm loving it. Yep. All right. So next episode we will finish this story we'll we will do issues three and four and we will finish that up and bob can we finally finally announce who our guest is going to be for uh episode 113 i guess we can i'm gonna give everybody a hint it has and it's related somehow to what we've been covering. Okay. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So it's related to the Captain America mythos. <laughs> well, let's just say it, the topics that we've been covering, this particular uh, Captain America creator has been intimately involved. All right, that that should give folks a little more some guardrails to, to operate. Yes, yeah. yeah. So come back next episode. Not only will we finish up this story, Captain America, Black Panther, Flags of Her Father, we're going to do issues three and four, finish that up. But we'll also announce our next guest that will be here on the show for episode 113. Fighting stuff. Excellent. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast.